The John Morris Show, episode 152. The John Morris Show. Your life on code. Ladies and gentlemen, John Morris. Hey everybody, welcome back to the John Morris Show, johnmorrisonline.com. Ben, it's been quite a while. Uh, I took a little sabbatical for the Christmas break and kind of extended a little longer than I imagined, but... I like to make sure and give myself a proper rest on certain things if I feel myself getting a little, little burnout or not necessarily having the the motivation to get back into something. And so that and uh, I'm kind of changing the way that I'm going to be doing the podcast going forward a little bit. And so I spent some time thinking that through. And you're going to notice that in today's lesson, you're going to notice that this is a, probably a little bit different than the way that I've I've gone about this in the past. And really the the motivation behind that is I want to kind of break out of talk talking, just focusing solely on just web development related topics. Now, of course, everything is going to be in the context of, you know, IT and web development. That's a huge part of my life and what I do. So there's really no getting away from that. But I also know that there are things that are in your life that you deal with that are out kind of outside of that scope a little bit. And so I I want to get into some of the things that I think exist outside of that or at least be able to talk about those things. Not that I'm going to do that with every episode, but I want to be able to talk about those things that are affecting your life that aren't just about <laughs> ones and zeros. Because I know in my life some of those things have been way more important than any of the coding or coding skills that I've learned. And I've learned, I've been taught more and learned more from some of that stuff and gotten more advantage and benefited more from some of that stuff than, again, just focusing purely on ones and zeros. So I'm changing that up a little bit. I want to be able to get into some of those topics and, and go through some of that stuff with you and talk about some vulnerable topics, talk about some things that are difficult to talk about at times. And so I wanted to think all of that through. I kind of wanted to lay out a little bit, at least some of the initial episodes that I wanted to do related to that. And so I spent a little bit of time time doing that and, and getting myself prepped. But we're back. We're ready to get at it. And today's episode, as you uh, probably saw from the title, is a little bit different. And I want to talk about power today. Because it seems to me, I've kind of noticed this and just my my goings on, that power has become something of a dirty word. And I, I think that's it's very sad to see that happen because power has been such a crucial part of my life. And focusing on power and accumulating power, and we'll get into the different types of power and, and so accumulating the right kind of power has been one of the most important things that I've done in my life to 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 get from where I was growing up as you know basically trailer park trash dirt poor had all of these issues all these bad habits that I had learned from growing up that way that really hurt me as I got into adulthood being able to work through all that figure out all my way through that and and get to a point where you know I I do pretty well you know, I have a, a good life and it's nothing like what it was for me growing up and I've broken a lot of those habits. And 
it's focusing on growing and accumulating power that has allowed me to do that. So it's sad for me to see when people take such a negative approach to power. And I believe the reason why is because there's not a ton of nuance when most people talk about it. Because I think there are are two very different forms of power that exist. And one, to me, is more of a, a real power, I would say, and one is more of a kind of pseudo power. And so I'll get into, uh, there's like an experience I had that really illustrates, illustrates this, but to very quickly talk about those two, two different forms of power, one is what you would call personal power, and then the other is what you would call position power. And the difference between the two is personal power is derived from who you are and what you're capable of. It's, it's really based on your capability as an individual. And it combines all the different aspects of you as a human being, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual. It's the ability to wield all of that in order to accomplish something or get something done. That's personal power. It's, it's who you are as a person versus position power. And position power is really based on the title that you hold. And it's only attached to that title. And if you lose that position or that title, you often lose the power that goes with it. So it's fleeting. It's kind of pseudo power in a way because someone could hold that position who really doesn't deserve it. I mean, we could talk about politicians or you could maybe even talk about uh, people in your life that you've worked for, bosses, etc., that you would might say, yeah, they had that position, they had that power, that position power, but they really, they really didn't deserve it. I didn't respect them as a leader, and so they really didn't have my heart and mind, so to speak. They, they, I, I did what I was supposed to do, but I really didn't like listening to them. And now it's entirely possible for someone to have both, and that's usually what you want to strive for is 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 getting position power as a result of having true personal power. But uh, again, it, there's a distinction between the two. And so personal power is the thing that I, I have focused on, and I think we all should focus on growing in our lives. And we'll get into how that affects you in terms of web development here in just a minute. But one of the really stark examples in my life was when I went to Iraq. And... I went so my job in the the military my MOS they call it was a crane operator and that's what I went to school for that's what I learned that's what I knew how to do but I had been taken out of the unit that I was at the time they were the army reserve was really short on soldiers to go over so they took me out of the unit that I was in and they put me into a supply unit to, to then go over to Iraq and so the supply unit really didn't use the crane all that much. They had one, but they really didn't use it because the Army had come out with the new equipment for moving contain uh, these big metal containers called Connexes, called a wretch. They'd come out with this new piece of equipment, and it really made the crane obsolete for that kind of thing. And so I, I was put into this supply unit as a crane operator and really didn't have m much of a job. So I had to go in and uh, learn supply. So to kind of cut to the to the meat of it, when I got to Iraq, they put me in charge of the supply warehouse. Now, this was something that I had never done before. I'd had a little bit of training in like a month before going over, but 
you know, the people that ran warehouses like this had had in the military had had years and years and years of experience. I had a month of kind of theoretical training. So I really knew nothing about what we were supposed to do, what we were (laughs) trying to do, but I was put in charge. Now, at that point, that was kind of a critical moment because at that point I was made the NCIC of the warehouse, which means I was in charge of the warehouse basically. I was an E5, so I was uh, kind of the first rank of a sergeant in the military. So I had people that I was in charge of. And because of the way things had worked out, I was a squad leader, which meant I had about 10 people outside of the warehouse that I was also in charge of. And if I had been just focused on position power, right? if I had just tried, tried to use the titles that I had at that time, I could have tried to you know, boss people around and tell people what to do and pretend like I knew everything. And I could have maybe functioned and got some stuff done, but the the warehouse would have been nowhere near as efficient as it ended up being. And the reason that it ended up being as efficient as it was is because I, thankfully, fortunately, had done some reading on this kind of stuff and knew the difference between personal power and position power. And I knew that at the end of the day, on a human level, my title didn't mean squat, not to the people that I was actually going to be in charge of. So I, I still had to earn their respect and I had to earn my personal power. So I spent the first month that I was in charge of the warehouse, not actually running the warehouse. I mean, I, I did the little bit that I knew how to do, but I went around to every station in the warehouse and I had the people that worked there that were a lower rank than me. I had them teach me their job and I would work three or four days at their job until I kind of figured it out. I got a hang of what it was that they were doing. And and as I went from place to place and learned every job, a couple things happened. One, I figured out what the hell we were trying to do and, and I got a big picture kind of view of of what needed to happen. And as a result, I ended up rearranging the warehouse. I walked and I walked it through with, with everybody that worked, worked there. And we were all on the same page and everybody knew exactly why I was doing what I was doing. And it was a result of me going around and having them teach me, this is a more efficient way to do things. And so that's the, one of the things that happened. The other thing that happened is because they taught me, because I got that one-on-one ac- interaction with the people I was working with, I gained a lot of respect from them. They understood that I wasn't just trying to be the boss and tell people what to do. What I ultimately cared most about was making the warehouse run efficiently, making their job easier, and make it so they didn't have to work in this hellhole of a place in Iraq, that they didn't have to work, you know, late, late nights and, and do be just be overworked and, and even more stressed out. There was already enough stress. I wanted to make the job part of it, the easy part. And so they understood that and they knew that. And so, like I said, as a result, I reconfigured the way we did things and got it set up. And when I got it set up, we ran incredibly efficiently. We would, the way it worked over there was we would get trucks with supplies in at least once a week, maybe sometimes twice a week. If it was really, you know, really heavy, we might get three times a week. And most warehouses, they would spend all week processing what they got. That was just what you did all week. 
Well, we got so efficient that we could process whatever we got on a truck from a, for a day in about a day. And so if we got one truck a week, we would process it in a day. And then we would have six days where we really didn't have anything to do. Now, of course, you have to fight boredom. But if you if you ask the people that were there, you ask me, I would much rather have the option of not having to work you know, 24-7 seven day, or 24-7 uh, versus maybe I have to figure out, okay, I'm a little bored. What do I do now? Right. The, 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 the option we, we would much rather have of, of being overworked or, as opposed to being underworked or whatever. So uh, it, we got really, really efficient as a result of that. And I earned a lot of respect because once it got set up and we started running it, Everybody that worked there saw how efficient it was. My boss saw how efficient it was. Pretty much everybody on the base knew how efficient that warehouse ran. It was all just a result of reconfiguring the way we did things, and it was based off of me focusing on personal power. And so that's one of the really stark contrasts for me of the difference between personal power and position power. Focusing on the things that really matter. Instead of trying to just brandish or wield your position or throw around your weight. Okay. And so the lesson here is that to me, real power is personal power. And position power is really just a side effect of that. That if you want to get anywhere in life, what you should focus on is increasing the the value or the quality of who you are as a person and what you're capable of. Not on trying to land XYZ title and so forth. And it this is absolutely true in web development. Because I see a lot of people who are kind of more focused on either A, getting a degree or getting some sort of certification or getting some sort of title. And they're more focused on the title or the position or the certification than they are the skills they're actually learning doing it. Now, again, I think it's okay to do both, but your main focus should be on the skills. It should be on getting better at what you do. And so, again, the lesson here is in everything that you do, but especially in web development, really focus on increasing your capability, your competence, your personal power, and let the certifications, the titles, the positions Those things will come and go and let them come and go. Use them as you get them. But always remember, any position you take, the people that are going to be working for you or with you, at the end of the day, they don't care about the title. You can have every certification under the book. But if you can't do the work, it's not going to matter. All right, so now I want to get into some real practical ways that you can actually go about increasing your power personal power. And I was just talking about it in theory and why it's a good thing to do, but some actual things that you can do that I do or people I know what they do to increase your personal power. But before I do that, I want to talk to you about increasing your personal power in terms of PHP, because PHP is one of those skills that you can learn, one of those ways that you can increase your personal power that has a a uh, high potential for changing your life. It changed my life. It would put me at the top of the World Trade Center tower in a mastermind of millionaires. You know, it's helped me buy my home, my car, you know, feed my kids, everything that I have. It all started 
with PHP. And so when we're talking about challenging yourself, we're talking about growing as a, as a, as a person and as a developer, learning PHP is one of the ways that you can do that. And one of the ways that you can very quickly increase your personal power with PHP is a course over on Udemy called PHP for Beginners. And the reason that I like this course in particular is that it a it covers everything that you would ever want to know about PHP. So you learn, you know, the very basic things like setting up a local development environment, some of the basic syntax, variables, arrays, all that stuff, looping, you know, global variables, constants, all that stuff. But then you get into some more advanced stuff. So you learn about working with forms, working with MySQL and, and databases. You learn about security in PHP. You learn about working with the web. So HTTP requests, get, post, cookies, all that. You learn object-oriented programming, working with files, all of that stuff. But again, the big thing in my mind is that once you get through all that stuff, Edwin, the the instructor, actually takes you through building a fully functioning CMS from scratch. And so you're building essentially a CMS, a blogging system, and you're learning, you're taking everything that you learn in terms of the individual skills of, of, of PHP, and you're putting them together and actually building something. And it's not kind of a, a halfway done thing. It's a fully functioning working CMS. So you really get to dive in and, and learn how to build an application. So the CMS has posts, comments, users, profiles, a dashboard, related posts, registration, you know, passwords or password hashing, all everything that you would think in a kind of fully functioning, fully fledged CMS, it's in there. And so uh, you go through this course, you're going to really have increased your personal power as a PHP coder. You're going to have those skills and you're going to be able to put them to use, whether it's you know landing a job, uh, freelance clients, building your own application that you eventually sell or open source or whatever it is. As a result of taking this course, it's no doubt in my mind that you'll be a much better PHP coder. You'll have a ton more personal power as a result. So, I have uh, a deal that I've worked out that you can get uh, the course at a discounted price. Uh, if you head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash php course, then you can get access to that PHP course at the discounted price. And again, work on building your personal power as a PHP developer. All right, so check that out and... Let's get into some of the real practical things that you can do to increase your personal power. So just some general things. I want to, there's three kind of general things, and then I want to get into kind of the different aspects of, of kind of your personality, of being a human. So I kind, of brought, I kind of talked about this already, but the first one is focus on skills, not titles. Okay, so don't shy away from titles necessarily. Let them come as they come and go as they want or as they do, but it's the skills that matter. So... Focus on actually learning the thing and being the absolute best at it that you can. The second thing is challenge yourself versus clinging to a position. One of the big mistakes people make when they when they focus on position is they they tend to cling to that position and 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 forget the 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 fact that they need to continue to grow as an individual. And when you start clinging onto a 
position and you stop challenging yourself and stop trying to grow, that's when you you start to do crazy things, start to even do shady things to try and hold on to that position because deep inside you know that if you lose that position, you'll have nothing because you've given up on the other part of the power equation, right? So continue to challenge yourself instead of just clinging to a position. And the last one is always be growing. And this kind of, again, it kind of fits in with what we've already talked about, but your mindset should always be, you know, in terms of your growth and your personal power, there's there's never enough. You can always get better. And I don't mean that in kind of the materialistic sense where don't be happy and all that, but always have kind of a, a chip on your shoulder or an edge to continue growing. I've noticed this in my life, especially growing up how I did. I reached a point where I was doing pretty well and it was really, really easy for me to kind of get a little lazy and kind of rest on my laurels. And one of the things that has that happened a while back uh, in doing that is I, when you stop doing growing, you start to tend to cling to a position. And I had a th- position I had that was threatened and it threw me for a funk. And I learned a hard lesson that I need to continue to grow and continue to evolve because this position could go away at any time. And then what will I have? And so again, just have that mindset of always be growing, always be learning, always be advancing. And that it's just in terms of personal power, it's never enough. You can always get better. And that's going to allow you to adapt to all of the different things that get thrown at you in the industry, all the new technology that comes out, all the changes that happen. Tackle that stuff head on. All right, so that's kind of some general stuff. Now, I want to get into the the, the, the four different aspects uh, kind of of your personality or of who you are as a person. So the first one is the physical part. So how do you increase your personal power from a physical perspective? Or what are some practical things that you can do to increase your personal power in this area? So I think the obvious one is to exercise. I, I know me, I gave up on exercise for a few years and I really just felt like crap. And I know a lot of developers kind of, eh, you know, that's for meatheads or, you know, that doesn't really apply to me. And, you know, what, what often happens is as your health deteriorates, so does your mental ability. And I found for me that as I've got back into exercise and challenged myself in those ways, I just feel a lot better. I'm a lot happier. Uh, I'm more energetic. I'm more motivated. And the challenges that I face, the one thing about physical challenges is that there's such a direct, it's a real world visceral kind of challenge because it's happening to you physically, that when you face that on a regular basis, mental challenges and emotional challenges tend to be a little bit easier to face. So exercise is is one really good way. If you're not exercising, I highly recommend you start doing that. Another one is I would put called extreme challenges. And so the example I use, I have this friend of mine, Stu McLaren, and he's talked about this, so I don't think I'm giving away anything that he wouldn't want me to talk about. But he talks about how he will, you know, a couple times a year go and do some sort of extreme challenge. So one of the things that he's done is skydiving, bungee jumping. There's, I think he's done like Baja, Baja racing in the desert, I think, and and just other things. He tries to do a couple extreme challenges a year. And the reason he does that isn't because he necessarily loves doing those things. It's because he knows that it's a it's a 
it's a full kind of body, physical, emotional, spiritual, you know, mental challenge. And if he can face that, if he can jump off of building and, and do a bungee jump or jump out of an airplane and do a, a skydive, that some of the other challenges he faces in his life and his business aren't gonna aren't gonna uh, affect him as much in a in a visceral way as those things will. So it's kind of his way of of challenging himself. So that when he faces stuff in his business or his life, he can he's more prepared to do that. So that's another thing that you can do that I, I kind of learned from him that I had never thought of that I, I think is really great. Uh, another one that I like to do that I think people would think is kind of weird is what I would call environmental challenges. So the idea here is that you know, this day and age, most of us live in kind of a pampered pampered environment and and life meaning we we're not really exposed to the elements like people in the past have been so i i i think of my wife bless her heart when when i when i think about this but you know she'll she'll get up in the morning to go to work and she'll walk to the car and it takes her about 10 seconds to get to the car and the car has a remote start on it so it's been running for probably 10 or 15 minutes it's all warm She'll she'll walk to the car. It takes about ten seconds. She'll get to work. She'll walk into work, which probably takes her another ten seconds, and then she'll basically do the same thing on the way back. You know, she'll heat up the car before she leaves. She'll come back. It's about so she spends maybe about forty seconds, a total of maybe one minute, out in the cold, right? But God, you know, she just oh, it's freezing out there. It's so cold, and lots of people do this. This is a normal thing that many people do, but you're exposed to elements for maybe you know, a minute a day or two minutes a day, like when it's really cold or even when it's really hot. And so we become so pampered that we tend to, (laughs) we tend to just react, overreact to the environmental challenges that we have. So I like to sometimes challenge myself. So an example would be going out in the cold without a coat. And I don't mean the extreme cold where you're going to get yourself hurt, but you know, 10 degrees, that's pretty cold. 10, 20 degrees, something like that. And again, not for hours at a time, but I'll just, the 10 seconds to the car, I'll do without a coat. And it's cold and I feel it. And people look at me like I'm crazy, but I want to feel that. I want to feel the environment. I want to feel what it could be like. And then imagine, gosh, what if I had to be out in this all day, like you know, people that lived 10,000 years ago had to do? That would be a real challenge. So let me. Let me not complain too much about uh, about w- what I have to do, and it, it just it helps me to be a little bit more grateful for kind of the simple things that I have, and so that's one of the ways that I, I like to challenge myself and 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 work on my personal power uh, in an in a, in a physical way. So the second then aspect is the mental, and so one of the things that you can do that I've done in the past, I know a lot of people do that, again, I think it's the obvious one in terms of growing your personal power mentally, is doing sort of side gigs or side projects that aren't really related to necessarily what you do on a daily basis. Because as you get into IT and development and freelancing and so forth, and and I'm the one that, I mean, I'm guilty of this, I recommend that you do this, okay, so I'm not saying don't do this, but you kind of tend to get focused in on one niche. And if you get if you never do anything outside of that, it can be easy to kind of lose context of what's going on everywhere else and miss things that might be happening 
that haven't affected your particular niche or industry yet that all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're affecting all these other industries and you didn't see it come and all of a sudden it, it kind of wipes you out. So just doing side gigs and side projects, being involved in stuff outside of what your kind of main focus niche is to, to just experiment. I'm not a big fan of experimenting on client projects. I think it's risky for the client. I think it's risky for you. I think it adds unnecessary stress, but you should still be doing that stuff but as kind of side gigs or free stuff that you're doing or just personal projects you're doing on your own. And it helps kind of expand your mind a little bit, helps keep you on your toes and helps keep you learning and growing. Again, it's, it's ultimately about growth. Another one is kind of along the same lines, but it's out of domain learning. And so I would, this would even be, so if you're in, in web development, not even, okay, I, I'm in heavy into CSS, so maybe I should do some PHP. I mean, completely out of domain. So if you're into web development, you know, start reading about history or, you know, get into business or politics or whatever, something that's just completely, or science, something that's just way, not even related to what you do. And the reason that I, I think that's a good thing to help you grow is because it helps create connections in your mind that you might not otherwise create. Again, when you focus on one thing, it's really easy to get locked into that kind of perspective. And then it, again, doing that kind of learning helps you create good ideas and perspectives and ways of looking at things that you might not get if you stayed inside your comfort zone. It also challenges you emotionally a little bit because I, I know... I know me, I know people like us who tend to see themselves as as being smart people, not necessarily in an arrogant way, but when we approach something that we don't have all the answers, that can be a little emotionally scary. Well, it's good for you to go through that, to learn, I don't need to have all the answers. You know, I don't need to be kind of Mr. Know-it-all. It helps round out, uh, round you out a little bit emotionally. So again, just out of domain learning anything that you can do that's really not even related to IT, I think is a good way to help yourself grow. Another one is uh, stress strategy. So I learned this very directly from coming back from Iraq and dealing with PTSD, just how, how much stress can affect you and how sensitive to it we really are. And so there are some things that you can learn to help you deal with stress. So when you get in high stress situations, because it's going to happen, whether it's a job, it's a client, whatever, you're going to be in some sort of high stress situation that you can you can work your way through it and not like hurt yourself mentally or even, God forbid, physically. So the the thing to look up, and we could go down a huge rabbit hole with this, okay? There's a whole industry based around this. But the thing to look up that has helped me is cognitive behavioral therapy or sometimes referred to as resilience training. There's a book called Resilience. Um, I can't remember the name of the authors right now, but that's one of the things that really helped me. And it's really about cognitive behavioral therapy. And it's not about kind of the Freudian going back and reliving, you know, past things that happened to you. Cognitive behavioral therapy is about learning coping skills or resilience skills, skills for dealing with the things that happen to you and skills that uh, create mental health. If you talk about physical health, you know, you talk about the different exercises that you could do running or lifting weights. This is like lifting weights or running for your mental health. And so it, it's, it's 
it's not so doesn't get into some like all these weird different things it really just teaches you skills uh and one of the things that you'll learn to there is is the mind traps i found just knowing those and knowing when it's happening has been very powerful for me in my life in terms of my mental health because then you can kind of kick yourself out of it when you know it's happening you can kind of like okay this is what's happening let me cut this short and kind of get out of this so learning those kind of resilience those coping strategies for dealing with stress mental stress is a, is a huge thing that you can do that's done a ton for me in my life All right getting on to the uh, emotional aspect then of you and some emotional thing do things you can do to challenge yourself emotionally uh the first one i have listed here i think you'll find probably a little bit funny especially if you have them but i put down kids and the reason I put down kids is because I know from my life, you know, my brothers, everybody I know that has kids will t- tell you or has told me that or agreed with this when I, I've said it, that kids will find every little insecurity, emotional, you know, kind of irrationality, every button that you have, kids will eventually find it. So if you're someone who, you know, is ultimately wants to have kids then obviously go for it. But you don't necessarily have to have just your own kids. You could actually do this with someone else's kids. Now, obviously, know yourself. And if you know you're going to like emotionally overreact, then don't do this. But maybe offer to babysit a, a family member's kid one night a week. There's something like that where you get that experience and you get to deal with them on that basis. And they kind of push your buttons. And you're in a situation where I can't overreact. And I can't just haul off and beat this kid, right? That's not okay. And you know that you can't do that. And so you have to keep your emotions in check. That's the thing about kids that can really help you to grow emotionally is they're going to push your buttons and you can't emotionally overreact. You can't fly off the handle. And so, again, be smart about this. I'm not advocating that you put yourself in a really bad situation, but if you you know you that's one way that you can kind of challenge yourself to grow emotionally another one is the relationships in your life and the question that that i would ask you or that you should ask yourself is is pick someone that you you care about and you want to do this with and figure out how deep can you go right how how deep can you go with them emotionally how much can you of your of yourself can you expose to them how vulnerable can you make yourself and tell them your deepest, darkest secrets and everything about you that you don't tell anybody else. Like, how far can you go? How exposed can you go to someone? And it's a really powerful lesson in trust. You are absolutely putting yourself at risk when you do this of being hurt emotionally. But you're going to learn how, A, to deal with it if you get hurt, and also, B, how to learn to trust someone uh, and and be able to have that kind of relationship. So that's another way that you can really grow emotionally. The last one I would put here, and maybe I'm talking about myself, but anger management. I was a really angry kid uh, when I was little, just because of how I grew up and how everything was. I blamed all sorts of people, and you know, I think anger for most people is the hardest emotion to deal with because there's there is a sort of survival element to it. Uh, some of the reasons why we get angry is to deal with threats and so forth. But it really can be the hardest emotion to deal with. And if you can master anger, you can often master the other ones. And so challenge yourself 
to master your anger. And I would go back to the to the mental part when we talked about stress strategies and cognitive behavioral therapy. That's going to be a big way uh, that you can learn to deal with anger. So again, challenge yourself in that way. Finally, the last one then is the spiritual realm. And I know this can get a little contentious. I myself and actually am an atheist, but I still believe in this idea, the kind of the, the spiritual aspect of people, not necessarily in the same way that everybody does. And I don't want to, we don't necessarily need to get into all that, but I still, there are things that I do for myself spiritually, even being an atheist. So the first thing, the way that you can challenge yourself in terms of the, the spiritual aspect of you is if you're religious. So what do you believe? This this is one of the things my my niece lives with me, my wife, they're both religious. And this is one of the things that we always have conversations about is, okay, I'm not going to argue with you about what you say you believe, but what do you believe and are you acting on it? Right? Are you are you living your life according to what you believe? Are you just saying you believe these things to make yourself feel better? And so if you're religious and you you have whatever it is, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, any of the other things that are out there, are you really living according to that? Are you really out there doing what you say you believe? And so challenge yourself to really dig into your religion, whatever it happens to be, and and push yourself in in that respect. That's one way that you can grow spiritually. Another that I've done, kind of one of the woo-woo things out there is meditation. I think meditation is is really great. I try to meditate regularly. It's definitely not every day, but uh, usually at least once a week I have some kind of meditation and it's just a it's a really good way of just kind of clearing clearing everything that's going on in your head, all the stress and finding a kind of a space where you can let yourself breathe and relax. And there is kind of this again, I'm I'm an atheist so I don't necessarily believe in all of this religious spiritual type stuff but it is a space where you kind of get more in touch with yourself and it does have this kind of ethereal feel to it and for me it again it's helped me to calm down a lot to deal with my anger a lot and so uh, meditation is a really good thing that you can do the last one then is yoga and so I've done yoga for a number of years and it's kind of a combination of all of them the physical the mental the emotional and the spiritual and uh, it's a really, it can be really, really challenging, especially at first. And it's a really good way to kind of combine all of, all of the different aspects and challenge yourself because it's, it's not easy to do. And it really takes some focus, some patience, some persistence, and some uh, an ability to kind of separate yourself from the pain <laughs> that you're experiencing in the moment. So. Another thing that you can do that's a real practical way of, of, of growing. Now, you'll notice as I went through those, I mean, I talked about some web development stuff a little bit, but this is kind of stuff that's really outside of web development as a whole. So uh, it's it's not all just about the, the code, the ones and the zeros. There's other things outside of that you, that, that you can do that you really should be doing in order to grow who you are overall as a person. And as you do that, then you're going to increase your personal power. And as a result, you'll 
you'll increase your position, your position power, you'll get more results, and you'll get more of the things that you want out of life. I firmly believe that. I've seen it happen in my life. I've seen it happen in so many other people's lives. So don't be afraid of the word power. Just understand it's about how you use it and how you accumulate it. All right, I'll leave it there. Thanks for watching the or listening to the show. If you like this episode, be sure to like it or leave me a five-star review over on iTunes so that I know that you like this kind of episode. For the iTunes, you can go to johnmorrisonline.com slash iTunes. You can also subscribe on iTunes over there. You can subscribe on Android at johnmorrisonline.com slash Android or SoundCloud, johnmorrisonline.com slash SoundCloud. All right, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.